Amen. As you're grabbing your seats, go ahead and get your Bibles and open them to John chapter 15. John chapter 15 this morning. This is our last Sunday morning gathering of 2023. So tomorrow marks a brand new year. And I don't know about you, but it's fascinating to me this time of year, the uniqueness uh, of this time of year, right? That we're, we're leaving a year and we're about to start a new one. And what that does in most people is it causes us to look back and look forward really in the same amount of time. We've got about 12 hours before the new year. And so a lot of today is reflecting upon things that happened over the past year and also looking forward to what might happen in our future in 2024. And I think that's the main reason why so many people come up with resolutions this time of year. So quick show of hands. Anybody have a resolution? All right, who, who, who'd resolved to no longer have resolutions? All right, so, so several of you in the room. Yeah, so you figured it out. It's taken me a lot longer. Um, I was curious this week. I looked up some statistics. One of the reasons why I think that resolutions are so tough is that they just don't really work all that well for me, right? Like I want, I want to eat well, but food just tastes too good. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody else have this, have this problem? Um, and so uh, we were actually talking about that this week. We're, we're planning on having uh, a few people over uh, tomorrow night, and we're like, you know what? We should really do this. And then we're like, you know what? No, no, forget that. We're, gonna, we're going to smoke short ribs and steaks and all of that the very first day of the year, all right? So we just didn't even start with that. And that's always one at the top, right? Another one's finances. Like every year, it's the same resolutions. We want to do better with our finances this coming year. And then if you're like us, it's like the wheels come off early in the year, right? Like our last name's Alan. We're tagging cars. Like by the time, you know, February's over, we've got a thousand birthdays with all of our kids and stuff. And so we're just to the point now where it's like, I'm not even really sure if we should even set these. In fact, statistically, we know that they just don't work all that well. By the end of January, 43% of people have abandoned their resolutions. Maybe more, more staggering than that, 23% abandoned their resolution by the end of the first week in January. That's pretty incredible, right? So we are not a very committed people. Um, and so we've seen that time and time again. And we know ourselves. This is about self-awareness, all right? And so this year, what I decided to do instead of setting a resolution is really got with Aaron, prayed through it. And I wanted to set a theme for myself, for our family, and really to extend this to you as the church family. And that theme that I settled on in my own personal study was this idea of abiding, to abide, and that's why we're gonna look at John chapter 15. If you're familiar with John chapter 15, it is a wonderful passage of scripture. It's Jesus talking to his disciples, and we're gonna read uh, the first 17 verses of John chapter uh, 15, and in those first 17 verses, what you see is Jesus talk about this theme of abide 11 times in 17 verses, and so you know that it's significant, right? Jesus is about to leave this earth Earth. His disciples haven't really fully put all this together, but, but as a parting uh, gift to them, he shares this time with them and he talks to them about abiding in him. And I know that he knows what they're going to face, right? He knows that they need to be reminded of this, that the most significant thing that they can do as believers is abide in Christ. And we're gonna see here in a second that one of the reasons why Jesus says to abide is because apart from him, we can do nothing. And so that's what I thought of as I prayed and considered this a theme for myself personally and our family and our church family. I would like 2024 to be a year of abiding. 
A year of remaining, a year of staying. That's what that definition means, with Christ in his relationship that he has with us. And so um, that's where we're headed this morning. We're going to look at John chapter 15. We're gonna read verses one through 17 all together. And then there's three things that I want us to see in this text that would be, I think, a good challenge for us, but also just an encouragement as we reflect upon the year that we've, that we've just had and we look forward to the year to come and we focus our attention on the theme of abiding with Christ. So if you would, go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're gonna be in John chapter 15, starting in verse one. When I'm done with reading this, we'll pray and then we'll, we'll unpack this text together. Verse one, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the encouragement that we find in it. We thank you for the challenge that we find in it. God, I pray that you would be with us this morning as we unpack John chapter 15. God, I pray that you would give us understanding of what it means to abide in Jesus. God, I pray that you would encourage us, God, with these words, Lord. I pray that you would, again, challenge us. God, help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. We pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. As I said, in context of John chapter 15, Jesus is saying these things to his disciples, a group of men that he knows that at some point are going to be navigating this life with him not there, right? And so Jesus knows that he's sending them the Holy Spirit, but he's really giving them the inside look of what it's going to take to be able to live out the Christian life in this world. And Jesus says the secret to all of this is myself. The secret is abiding in me. Again, that definition means to remain or to stay close to. So Jesus is telling his disciples, listen, if you want to have success in this life, you are to remain 
in me. You're to stay close to me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And there's several themes that he discusses here in the the pages of, of these scriptures here. And there's three of them in particular that I want to challenge us with this morning and encourage us with. The first one is this, that abiding, abiding is resting. Abiding is resting. And we're not just talking about a physical rest. We're talking about a spiritual rest that is provided to us as believers in Jesus Christ. You see very early on in John chapter 15 that Jesus says, listen, you're either in or you're out. There are those people who do not have a relationship with me and they are on the outside. Now, while God desires to have a relationship with them, that they would come to a place of saving faith, he also recognizes that there's those that do not have that kind of relationship with him. But Jesus says there are those that do, and if you're in, you're in. You can rest in the salvation provided to you by Jesus himself. It's not something that you have to earn. It's not something that you have to keep earning, amen? Aren't you so grateful that you didn't have to earn your salvation the moment that you came to saving faith and you didn't have to earn it today? You're not gonna have to earn it tomorrow. The good news in all of this is that Jesus says that in him, he's going to keep you, right? Your relationship with him from that point on does not change. So in a salvation sense, you can find rest. That's not something that you have to actively participate in. Jesus has got you. In Christ, he has you and he'll keep you. And the best news of all, he's never going to change his mind about you. I am so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that God not only saved me, but he doesn't change his mind about me, right? In a moment, I was transformed I was forever different when I come to saving faith. But listen, I have been a work in progress. All of us have been. We're not a finished product. And I'm grateful for the fact that I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about my position in Christ changing. I don't have to worry about him losing me or changing his mind about me. These are all fixed things. A couple of things I wanna encourage you with. In the book of John and several places, and we're going to look at three places, Jesus talks about this again, and I want you to listen to these verses, and I want you to rest in the salvation that's been provided for you by Christ. John chapter 5, verse 24, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. So not only do we have rest in this salvation, we no longer have judgment because of the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. We've passed from death to life. I am grateful for that. I know that when I stand before God one day, I'm not gonna stand in judgment based upon the sin in my life, but instead I'm going to receive Jesus's righteousness. And because of that, I can rest. I can find rest in a spiritual sense and rest in that salvation that God has provided me. That is abiding. John chapter six, verse 39 and 40. It says, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. 
So not only do I have security and rest in my salvation right now, today in Jesus, I also have that rest and security into my future. Jesus says that all that have given to me, I I don't lose any, right? And I will raise you up on that last day. I have eternal security, eternal rest waiting for me. We see also in John chapter 10, verse 28 through 30, Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. Don't miss that part. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. He continues on in this passage and says, no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. So Jesus reminds us all throughout the gospel of John that in Christ, he has us and he's keeping us and he's gonna raise us up on the last day and he's not gonna forget about us and he's not gonna change his mind about us. That's why we can abide. In a sense, abiding is resting, resting in the salvation that is provided for us by Jesus, a salvation that I didn't earn, that I can't keep on my own and I didn't deserve but I have because of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. And so listen, as you reflect on 2023, I don't know exactly where you're at or what your year looked like, but listen, I want you to know this, that the enemy loves sowing doubt and fear and anxiety. The enemy loves that. The enemy loves you questioning God. Did God really say, is God really good? The enemy wants you to doubt the Lord. The enemy wants you to have fear. The enemy does not want you to have faith and rest. He wants you to be filled with anxiety, questioning God, questioning possibly even your own salvation. Again, I don't know what this looks like. This last year may have been a year of internal wrestling for you. Listen, the Bible tells us that in Christ you have rest. If you begin to believe the lies of the enemy, that God's not for you, that God doesn't care about you because of the things you've experienced, listen, you need to to turn from that, turn to the Lord and rest in the salvation provided for you. I know that some of us need to hear that today. Some of us need to hear that we're, we're, we're good. In Christ, I'm good. Not because of me, but because of Jesus and he's got me. Again, he's not gonna lose me. He's not gonna change his mind about me. So do not lean into the lies and the schemes of the evil one who's gonna sow doubt and fear and anxiety into your heart and into your mind. You are able to find rest. You are able to abide in Christ. Number two, abiding is growing. Abiding is growing. So the first thing we see is abiding is resting, but abiding is also growing. It's one of the things I love about John chapter 15. Jesus repeatedly talks about the fact that we will be sanctified. That if you abide in me, you will grow in Christ-likeness. And he also talks about the fact that God will grow us. So sanctification is really, is really about God sanctifying us and us allowing ourselves to be sanctified. There's, there's, there's a little bit of responsibility both ways, right? The Bible tells us that God will sanctify us. And we know that based upon what we do in our lives, 
We can grow in sanctification. So that's what we're reminded of. Secondly, that abiding is growing. It's God's desire that you grow in your faith. God's intention was never for you to come to saving faith in Jesus and stay the same. In fact, there really is no neutral. There really is no staying the same. You're either growing in your relationship with Christ or you are working away from Christ. We'll talk about that here in a second. But abiding is growing. Jesus says, if you abide in me, if you abide in my word, you will grow. God's desire for you is that you would bear fruit. And not just fruit, but you would bear much fruit is what he says in John chapter 15. So remember that. A couple of other places in scripture that talk about this. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We know in Romans 8, it says that God's going to conform us into the image of his son. So when we read these things, we're reminded that God desires for us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Now we see in 2 Corinthians that we were transformed in a moment, just like our salvation. When you came to saving faith, you were brand new, a new creation, the Bible says. But God wants you to continue in that transformation process, in that sanctification process, not stay the same. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22, uh, 23 and 24 Say, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So again, we're reminded that God's goal for us is sanctification. We're also reminded that God will sanctify us. But there's, there's something in John chapter 15 that to me, is both encouraging and unsettling. In John chapter 15, it says that God will help us produce fruit and the means of our sanctification comes through the process of what? Did you catch it? Pruning. Pruning. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound fun. I don't think any of us are like, hey, sign me up for some pruning Lord, but we see nonetheless that that is how God goes about conforming us to the image of his son. It says that we would bear fruit and then God's going to prune us so that we might bear more fruit. If you're a gardener, you, you've seen this in action before. You've seen flowers that, that can bloom multiple times a year if taken care of, if pruned properly. You might have several blooms out of them. I know that's how our rose bushes are. If we take good care of them, if we prune back the dead, new life comes again. That's that process of bearing fruit over and over and over again. Through pruning comes bearing much fruit. But I wanna make sure that we see this because abiding is growing, but we grow through pruning. And I know that to be true of my life. You know that to be true of your life. If you look back on your relationship with the Lord, at those times where God grew you the most, I almost guarantee you those were through seasons that you would never want to endure again. And listen, the Bible doesn't promise that. 
That's not in scripture. Scripture doesn't say that you'll never experience more than you can handle, right? You'll never experience more than God can handle. That's the truth of the scripture. But God is going to use the process of pruning to bring about growth and to help us bear much fruit. So remember that abiding, abiding in Christ is growing in Christ, but never forget that that process, that process looks different than I think we would hope it would look. You know, we've talked about this even with our own kids. I've preached on it a million times. If you ask God for patience, God just doesn't sprinkle you with patience. No, God uses the classroom of life. So some of these things that I pray for, when I'm like, Lord, help me abide, I wanna grow in you. If I'm just completely transparent, sometimes that makes me nervous. Makes me nervous because I wanna grow in my relationship. I wanna be closer to God in 2024 than I've ever been. If I'm super transparent with you, there's a part of me that goes, but but what does that take, God? What does it look like? Nonetheless, I trust you because I know that you are for me and this is ultimately for my good. So abiding is resting, resting in the salvation that we have provided for us through his son, Jesus Christ. Abiding is growing in our relationship with Jesus. And last but certainly not least, abiding is remaining. As I said, that's the, that's the core of the definition. To abide means to remain, to stay with in close proximity to, that you would be near the Lord. So abiding is remaining. For some of you, you may not be interested in this stuff, but it is good and important that we understand that in Greek, there's multiple tenses of things, and this happens to be in the aorist tense. So what Jesus is telling his disciples is, listen, there has to be a time that you decide to remain. You have to commit to staying. And and why would Jesus tell his disciples that? Because he knows that all of us have the tendency of moving. Moving, right? And let me let the, the cat out of the bag. It's not God that moves. God doesn't move. God doesn't change. God doesn't go anywhere. So if you'd look back on this last year and you would say, listen, I don't know that I'm as close to the Lord as I used to be. It's not because the Lord moved. It's because something has changed in your heart and your mind and your affections. You haven't remained. And I know that's hard to hear, but but it's absolutely the truth. You are to abide. Abiding is remaining and it's active. Actively choosing to stay close to Jesus. And as I said, it's not him that moves, it's us. So let me ask you this question. Do you know what leads you away? Do you know the things that woo you away from your relationship with Christ? Do you know what they are? For for each person in the room, that might be something different. I told the first service, I'll tell this service the same thing. Something I've been wrestling with is is this week is, is putting down things that lead me away from Christ. If there are things in my life that don't help me abide or remain or stay, I need to abandon those things. 
And those things can be different things. Like I said, they could be something as simple as busyness. It could be something as simple as social media. Listen, if you can't handle social media, if it kills and steals your joy and it pulls you away from King Jesus, you need to walk away from it. Wholesale. Be done with it. Listen, for some of us, it's something as simple as, as the news cycle. As believers, if we can't handle these things and they pull us from our relationship with Jesus, we need to be ready to lay them down. I told the last service, you know what? A couple years ago, I decided to do something crazy. I just stopped watching news. And you know what? Nothing negative has happened in my life. Well, I mean, you get what I'm saying. No, no result of that, right? I'm not walking around going, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I don't know what's happening. No, but what's it allowed me to do is live in the, in, in the actual reality of things because you get consumed in social media and, and, and the news and all these things and you begin to remember what I said. What, the, what, is the, what does the enemy do? He sows doubt and fear and anxiety and you become consumed with those things and you actually start believing that that's your reality when it's not. Remember at some point seeing all the stuff on social media and last several years and, and the news cycles and you're just like, oh my word, what is happening? And then you like go to Walmart and you're like, oh wait. Now the prices are reckless, right? But, but that's not really what my reality is. Let's not let those things pull us from Jesus. Let's let those things drive us to Jesus, to abide, to remain. Let's let us, let us use those things to fuel us with boldness. Like if we actually believe that the world's getting crazier and crazier, which the Bible tells us it will, then use those for opportunities to share the gospel. Not create panic and anxiety and craziness in our own heart and our own mind. So know what leads you away. Know what draws you near. A couple of challenges I have for you. Starve the things in your life this year that lead you away from Jesus. Don't feed those things. Starve them. Feed the things that help you abide in Christ, which are the spiritual disciplines, right? Jesus said that if you abide in me and in my word, consume yourself with God's word this year. Consume yourself with, with ongoing dialogue with God. That, that's what it means to pray without ceasing, that you just have an open line of communication with God at all times, that you'd focus on those things. And I know that to be true in my, own, in my own life. When I'm in God's word and I'm in open communication with him on a regular basis, you know what seems to happen a lot less? Doubt and fear and anxiety and opportunities for the enemy. So abiding is remaining. It is a decision and it's staying close to Jesus. So remember, starve those things in your life this year that take you from the Lord and feed the things that help you abide. So here's what we're gonna do. Something a little bit different this morning. Uh, instead of an invitation down front, we're gonna spend a little bit of time praying together. So I'm gonna ask Pastor Brian to come at this time. And what I'm asking you to do is just to get with the people that you're here with this morning. All right, spend a little bit of time preparing for, again, the, the, the new year we talk about abiding, man, there's not much more that we can do that would be better than spending time in God's word this morning and praying. So that's what I want us to do. Like I said, right there with the people that you're around, 
There's a couple of things that I want us to pray for. The first thing is that thank God, that we thank God for this last year. Listen, so many times we're just quick to move on to the next thing. What's next? What's next? What's next? And we're not as good about just stopping and thanking God for his goodness. Listen, we've had people in this church family that have added to their family this year. Little ones born. We've had people come to saving faith. We've seen people baptized. I know because of the personal stories that we hear that God has moved in the lives of people in this church in a very personal way. Some of you, God came through and he gave you not just a job, but a dream job. And God came through when you needed him most. He was faithful, just like he always is. Listen, I want us to take time this morning and just to thank him for his goodness over this past year. So that's what I'm asking you to do. Very first thing, right there with the people that you're with. If you would just pray and say, thank you, God, for all that you've done this past year. You pray specifically. You know how God's moved. You know how God's worked. You spend this time in prayer. Next, I want you to pray for yourself and your family that you would abide this year. Listen, these themes that we've talked about, that you would rest in your salvation, that you'd grow in your relationship with Christ, that you would remain close to Jesus. Let that be your personal prayer, your prayer for your family.
Lastly, I ask that you'd pray for our church family, that God would continue to move and work in our midst in 2024. Father, we thank you for what you've done in our midst this past year. God, we thank you that you've brought us new life. And we thank you that you brought salvation. God, we thank you that you brought a closeness for some in our congregation that got a closeness with you that they've never experienced before. God, we thank you for that. And I pray that you continue to work in our midst, God. Pray that this upcoming year, Lord, that we would seek you, that we would remain, that we would stay, that we would abide. God, help us to rest in our salvation. God, help us to grow in our relationship with you and God, help us to stay close. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your work and what you do. God, I pray that you'd be with our church family in 2024 as we launch out into autonomy. Lord, we know that you've got us. We thank you for your faithfulness in the past. And God, we long to see your faithfulness in the year to come. Thank you again. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.